0: We're so grateful to each one of you here today. Look at someone and say, I'm so glad you're here. And if you didn't look at someone, look at someone now to the other side. I'm so glad. Turn around. Look around. Give someone a handshake, high five, big smile. Oh, it can mean so much. Just spending a little while. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Oh, that looks like most of you are still sleeping. Good morning i uh, still sleeping, but that's all right. Well, hopefully we'll wake you up, and the, the Lord will just hope you wake you up in a good way. Amen? Are you ready here to worship the Lord? I really see what God wants to speak to you, share with you, lift you up, get you going. huh? Let's go before Father. Father, we are grateful for another day you have given to play, praise your name, to lift you high. God, we are so thankful because you're with us, you're in us, you're for us. And, Lord, we want to be for you in everything we say and do. Give us wisdom in the time you give us so that great things will take place by the power of your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. 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 Let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Are you, Good, morning. Good morning. Are you ready? Yes. Look at your neighbor. Wake him up and say, are you ready? I'm looking forward to today. Last week, we talked about the measure of your treasure. The measure of your treasure, because all of you have a treasure, you are a treasure, God gives you treasures, and the reality is, how do we handle the treasures that God gives us? And the, the reality is that we looked from the Old Testament, right from the very beginning, all through the law, and even to the New Testament, how you can see tithing. And the number 10 is always referred to as a test. You had the people of Israel, they were faced with 10 tests while they are in the wilderness, you had all the individuals going through tests and a tithe m- means a test and it means a tenth of a whole. Can you trust the Lord? And so that's the first thing we talked about last week is the measure of your treasure. When you, do you give God your first fruits? Now, this is a one that I think is really powerful. Every year, all through the year, I think about time. How many of you ever think about the time that you have here on earth? Anybody? I mean, we're only here for so long, and then we're going to be with the Lord. And so I want to talk to you, the value of your time. So look at your neighbor right now and just say, do you value time? Just ask him, do you value time? You know, when we look at time, you know, it's funny, but there's so many surveys out there, and surveys are kind of funny. And so I'm going to give you one, but remember, it depends on the person. When I talk about how much time we spend sleeping, I know some of you, you sleep more than there in the survey does, okay? But nevertheless, it says this, 28 years, two months, and five days is spent on sleeping. That's a long time out of your life to sleep. 15 years and three months and seven days are doing work-related things. 13 years 11 months and 9 days you spend relaxing and doing leisure activities. I like that statistic because there are 15 years doing work related and it was only 13 years of leisure. 7 years and 7 months and 6 days you're doing cleaning the house. Now I know, I know some of you do less than that. <laughs> and I also know some of you do more than that. <coughs> So these statistics are a little bit depending on the person. Five years and seven months and 13 days are people just spending time socializing, socializing, talking to individuals, communicating. You're on the phone or you're in the marketplace. You spend five years, seven months, 13 days doing that. Four years eating and drinking. Now, I looked at that four years eating and drinking, and I said, that has to be more for some of us. Come on, four years? I mean how many of you right now right now you're thinking about food just raise your hand. There it is. There it is. <laughs> 1 year, 5 months and 16 days traveling to work. That's definitely me. I spend a lot of time traveling to work every single day. My car gets beat up quite a bit because of the travel. 295, whoo, backed up all the time. <laughs> The average American, the average American will spend 12 years, here it goes, here it goes, on their smartphone. 12 years on their smartphones. All right, stop what you're doing. How many of you are on your smartphone right now? Raise your hand. You have your phone in your hand. Raise your hand. hmm uh-huh, uh-huh. They're afraid to put it up over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's a long time to be on a smartphone. The average time on social media... One survey said a ten, from a boy being 10 years old, this was a boy, a young boy, a young boy they did with over a process of time, from 10 years old until he got much older, and, I, and they didn't give me when older it was, but he said it came out to 3.4 million minutes of social media in this one person's life. That six years and eight months they spent on social media. The The facts say that a boy, a a young man, will spend 4.4 hours on YouTube. But for the girls, they spend more time, 5.3 hours on TikTok. And I have known a little bit of this area, and I really believe in that statistic is very, very true. And for the older ones, those who are older, you spend more time on Facebook. You see, when we're talking about time, time has measures. Uh, You have simply the second, the minute, the hour, the day, the week, the month, and the year. These are measures of time. We we have them all around us, don't we? But all of us have one thing in common. What's that one thing in common? Time. We all have time, and nobody has more time than the other person. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. Now, we want to look at this person and look at this person and say, yeah, look at this, look at that. But we all have the same amount of time. It's 86,400 seconds in a day, 10,080 minutes in a week, 168 hours in a week, and 365 days in a year. Add one more year every four years for leap day. But everybody has the same amount of time. So the question is: the question is, what are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do with it? Do you ever think about how you spend your time? Do you get up in the morning and just say, Hallelujah, I survived the night. Are you living life through a survival mode? Or are you living your life with an intentionality that this is a precious gift of God and I only have so much time to do something for God? Time, write this down, time is a gift from God to me. Time is a gift from God to me. This is important. You have to realize, because we sometimes look at time, and, and we just can waste time doing so many things, but you got to realize time is something we invest in. It's not something we just get through on. Every moment is investment. That's how I look at my time, investment. And I'm always trying to say, God, is there anything in my life that I'm wasting my time? One of my times that I waste... For me, when I have a long, long day, I will come home, and I like to learn things. And so I will go on YouTube, and I'll just start learning how to build something. And I'm in the midst of different projects, and I'm learning about different materials. And I just learn things, little, little ways that some of these guys l- do different things quicker. And I, I like learning, but I find myself wasting a lot of time. What turns into a few minutes turns into a few hours. And before before i know it before i'm going to bed when i want to go to bed i'm going to bed an hour and a half two hours later because i'm allowing no discipline in my time and i'm wasting time where my body needs sleep how many know your body needs sleep rest two or three people really believe in rest so what are the what are the things here's a question here's a question what are the things you make time for you make time for. Do you make time for God? Do you make time for family? Do you make time for friends? Uh, do you make time uh, uh, for those things that are important in your life? Uh, go to work? Uh, how about this? Your hobbies? Uh, all those things are good, but those things need to be in priority. People always want to put family before God. It doesn't go that way. I've heard many people say to me, Pastor, i really like to be in church, but I want to spend time with the family. Mm. Wrong position. You actually teach your, your family that God's secondary to the time together. No, the first thing is God. You get God right, and everything else is going to go right. problem is we misplace God, the major one, and we'll find out as kids get older, they're just not going to have what they need to have because God's not been the priority. They haven't been taught. God has to be a priority because he is a priority. So I want you to understand what are you doing with your time And after you're gone, you've lived your days, what are you leaving behind? I want you to understand something. What are you going to do so that after you're gone, you can leave behind something or something you've done that other people will remember what you did? It's a big one to think about. What are you doing with our time that can affect eternity? How are you, what, what, after you're gone what people have you touched that because you touched them heaven will be their home and because you lived on earth your impact is now impacting other people i want you to think about this today i'm going to challenge you of the value of time and because we are surrounded with things that measure time how many how many have your favorite clock at your house anybody have a favorite clock i used to build clocks Used to build them. I used to have, you know. One time I built. Um, it was a like a missionary, and I and the, it was Ukraine. It was a clock. It was a clock of Ukraine, and I had the Black Sea as a pendulum, and it's just the whole Black Sea would just go back and forth and stuff. So I was going to get into grandfather clocks is my my heart because I love grandfather clocks and and I love the structure, the cabinets and that stuff there. And I was going to get into that. And I you know I did my fair share of clocks. And I don't know, but time has always been something that I have been. I focus on a little bit because I want to make sure that my time I live on earth impacts people I'm not just here to pass through the time but it, trust me I'm very intentional and I think today I'm gonna to let you in a little bit in my life to see a little bit that you don't know about me and you might think it's a little morbid but in reality it's the best thing ever you can ever do So that being said, I want you to know that we have all these clocks, time watches and sundials. How many ever heard of a water clock? Water clock. Anybody ever heard of a water clock? before clocks came into existence you had the Greeks you had the Egyptians you had Romans and they had a water clock and it was really a pot and in the pot they had a little hole and it would drip a consistent amount of water into another pan that had like lines on it it was measure time that's how they told time because you know a sundial only works on a sunny day because when the clouds come guess what you can't tell time anymore right So I want you to look at this and understand, here I have an hourglass. And this one here is an hourglass. It's one hour. Now, I want you to notice something. I want you to look at this hourglass, and I want you to think, if this was your life, and you could see your sands every day go from the top to the bottom, And every day you get up, you would see more sand on the bottom. And before you know it, you would have more sand on the bottom than on the top. And before you know that, you're going to see very little sand on the top. How, how would you live differently? I want you to think about this. Because we all know that we have a dash. A day we're born and a day we die. But we don't think much about the moments, minutes, and hours and days and months and years that we live. This is the hourglass. And I want you to know if you could see your life passing before you every day, what would you do different? Uh, what would you do that you're not doing now? You know, people say, you know, I'm going to do this. People have the graveyard is probably the one of the richest places on the face of the earth because all of the dreams and ambitions die with the person i want you to understand that god wants you to have a good and great life no matter what age you are there's a day you have to wake up some moses woke up at 80 years old and took on the will of god at 80 so none of you here have an excuse amen He did the greatest work for God after 80. That makes my liver quiver. So I want you to understand, do for the Lord what you can do for the Lord if you can really think about time. I want to take you to a um, portion of Scripture, and I talked about Moses, and I'm going to take this right here, and we're going to place this right here for now it's also a timer that after that's done I'm done <laughs> not life Lord willing just in my message I want you to understand this portion of Scripture that we're gonna go to if you have your Bibles take your Bible to Psalms and 90 if you don't you can read it but I want you to stop bringing your Bible to church again try to bring your Bible to church it's good to carry the Word of God with you on your phone Yes, but this is something about a real copy that's also good, too. Let's look at this prayer of Moses. Moses most likely wrote this when he was in the wilderness, and this whole thing is reflecting about his wilderness experience with God. Let me lay a foundation here, starting at verse 1 in Psalms 90. Read with me. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turned men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. Through the morning, it springs up new by the evening it is dried and withered we are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation you have set our iniquities before you and our secret sins in the light of your presence all our days pass away under your wrath we finish our years with a moan the length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength yet there's a span is but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and we fly away who knows the power when you read the beginning of that portion of scripture it has a lot of stuff that it says and i'm going to just quickly go through what we read before we get to where we're going it's simply moses is acknowledging god is the creator of all things god is the creator he has seen god create and he's given attribution to him. You alone are the eternal one created all mankind and mankind's going to was created by dust. He's going to return to dust from the ground in which he was created from. In verse 4 and 6, it simply says, God, you're eternal. You are eternal and we are mortal. It's just sharing where we are. And then he talks about, we have seen the acts of your judgment on the sins of the people. And the sins that people have done in secret because the people of Israel sinned against the Lord many, many times. He saw the judgment of God come upon the people of Israel and he had witnessed the displeasure that God had because of their their stubborn hearts and disobedience. He says the lengths of the days are 70, 80 years of life, but a lifetime can bring troubles and sorrows and they will fly quickly. How many would say life has flown quickly? I'm 30 years old right now and life oh maybe a little older than 30 why are people smiling you can at least humor me like that's right that's true <laughs> but time does fly doesn't it really fast and so Moses is talking about what he's seen and he recognized who God is and then he changes the twist and look what he says on verse 12 Teach us to number our days all right, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us with the morning, with the unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad, for as many days as you have afflicted us, For as many years as we have seen trouble, may the deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor, to your children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Let's look at this for a second. Teach us, teach us to number our days, all right, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. How many are still teachable? Come on. You want, you, or you think you're teachable. <laughs> okay. we gotta think, We got to start there. Yeah. You know, we need to be teachable. And God wants to teach us. However, let's be honest, we pay more attention, attention to the earthly things than we do about eternal things. Temporal things are all the things about the earth. The earth, the worldly system, and all this stuff here, and many people get all upset because of the things that's going on right now in our world. Listen, God is in control. You don't have to worry about those things because these things are predicted to come in Scripture. I want you to understand Matthew 24 says there's going to be wars and wars rising up all over the place. Well, you know what? We're about, we're about seeing that, and it's, it's just starting. God has a work to do. I want you to understand, we need to be more focused about eternal things, not just earthly things. That's why it's important for us to learn to pray. That's why it's important for us to really get to know God. We only have so much time on earth to really do something for God. Look what Colossians says. Colossians says, God calls us to focus on eternity Colossians 3 says since then you have been raised with Christ set your hearts on things what above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your minds on things above not on earthly things so often we set our minds on earthly things, and those things can mess us up hello We're not thinking eternity, we're not thinking about the God who's promised to be with us, we're not thinking about what God's doing, we focus on what we think, and then all of a sudden we listen to this person, or listen to this person, and before you know it, we lose it, and we get off course. Since then we have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts not on things, set your hearts on things above where Christ is sitting in the first hand of the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's a challenge for all of us. Amen. Amen. That being said, I want you to understand, to number your days is simply to evaluate, evaluate your time. Someone say evaluate your time. If I was to ask you a question right now, let's suppose you're maybe up in years, and I would say if you have um, lived in this many years, how many regrets do you have? What would you have done differently? When would you started sharing Jesus Christ boldly earlier? What would you have done differently? I, I'll tell you, it's good to ask tough questions like that because that's the only way change is going to come. The only way change is going to come. Evaluate the quality and the quantity of your time with God not just the amount of time but are you actually there you could be reading your Bible simply to cross off reading your Bible but you're not really out to know the author hello sometimes as believers we're reading our Bible but we just want to check it off to say read my Bible today but not really reading our Bible so we can get to know the author of the book that's why study plays such a big part Evaluate where our time goes and how we spend it. Evaluate how much time does God get during the day, the week, the month, the year. How much time reading? How much time studying? How much time memorizing? If you're in a small group, you have a memorization scripture. Memorize it. It will do you good. It will challenge the mind and keep the mind healthy, but it also will feed the soul. Someone say amen. Take time. In church, How much time do you are faithful to the things of God? Church is important. God created the church. God created the times together. Are you, are you connected to the small group? Stay connected. Put your hands to the plow. Be faithful in the little things. Watch what God can do in you and through you. Take that time. Take time and watch this. Uninterrupted prayer. Man, people say to me, Pastor, in my household, they're, they're, I can't find uninterrupted time. Then get up 10 15, 20 minutes earlier when everybody's still in bed. And that's what I did. You know, when I only had the bathroom to play, pray in because and, and, the house was so small, it was so small that you know, two steps you're in the next room. It, it was really small. It really was with four boys. But that being said, there was no place to pray, no private place. So the only place was the bathroom. Well, if you think you're going to go in the bathroom and everybody's getting up, this is what you hear i got to go. See, I had to get up really earlier so they're not up yet so you can pray. See, so make a way. Don't look for an excuse. Make a way. This is important. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain wisdom. Let me bring you into a little bit of my life now. I don't know what you're going to think of this. Um. I want to have one of you young, kids, young, young youth come up here. Who want to come up here? Quick hand, quick hand. Who's going to come up here? All right, Tymira, come on up. You're going to do something. All right, is going to come up. I want you to understand, this is my jar of marbles. Sometimes Pastor said, I think pastor's losing his marbles. <laughs> Don't laugh that much. So these are my marbles, and on this jar of marbles, I have this. Time to make a difference. I have a clock, and I have started this in 2022. And every week, I take out a marble, and I place it in here. And I have seen my marble. This is filled to the top, and, it's going, and I haven't taken out a week yet. You're going to take a week out of my life today. Are you happy about that? <laughs> she says yes. I want you to understand something. This is a way of measuring measuring time. I, I, this has taken me, my, one of the things that I thought about and I prayed about this before I did it, in a number of 93, I like to live to 93 years old. That will take me to 2056. I think 93 has just been a number. If God grants me that, fine. If he doesn't, fine, it's in God's hands, but I'm believing that I'm going to have that strength and energy to serve God too, I'm 93, so there is one marble for every week, so right now, right now, in this job, there is 2,000, there is 1,664 marbles that need to be taken out, and so today, I want you, and don't smile when you do this either, she's really enjoying this. This is my life you're messing with, you know. Take out a marble and put it in that other jar. Mm-hmm. Oh! There is one week gone. Gone from my life. The, and that happens on a continuous basis. Before you know it, just like this is taking place, my marbles, my marbles are going to go down <laughs> But it reminds me that I have only so much time to make a difference for Jesus. And so now that you have taken one week out of my life, how do you feel? I'm not going to put you on the spot. Thank you so much. (laughs) God bless you, Tymira. You see, I don't know about you, but this is a sign. This is count your days, this is a reflection. And when I see a marble, I realize that I do not want to waste my time anymore, and I'm not. My time is going to be invested in God and in people because I only have one life to live, and I want to live it the best I can. Now, I'm not perfect, far from perfect. Someone say amen, but I am trying my best to be God's best for putting this marble back because we need that extra week. And so I carry this and I keep it in front and now I'm going to have this with it as a reminder and every day I take one off and now I'll go up to my thing since she helped me take a marble out I will cross off the week of the 11th of February but I keep my calendar I buy, keep my pen right there and if you ever been in my office you will see that why do I do that is because it's a reminder each one of you no, it's coming, but we take our life so granted. We just say, oh, well, and we're so driven about so many things, but are we driven about the most important thing? And that's the things of God because of the things that are most important. But if you get that right, God will take care of everything else. But we put so much of our time on everything else that we forget him. And he's the one that brings the blessing. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's the one that brings the blessing. Yesterday is past. Tomorrow is the future, and today is a gift. How many have heard that saying before? That's why they call it the present. I added something to that saying, therefore, open your gift daily. People don't realize the gift of a day. Talk to a person who has a bad asthma and they can't breathe. And they can't breathe and they're gasping for an air. When they finally get a fresh breath air coming into their lungs and relief comes, ask them, how much does that, how good does that fresh breath air feel? Listen, sometimes we take these things for granted, but when you lose it, you have a lot to regret. Don't live your life in regret. Look what it says here in Matthew. But when you pray, not if you pray, amen? Everybody say, when throw out if <laughs> when you pray, go into your room close the door, pray to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you you gotta start right where you are everybody's always looking at the past, your past, listen, everybody says my past, come on say it my past does not define me you know what defines you? your today your today Your today is the first day of the rest of your life. And God tells us to go in secret to pray. Now, I want you to get this. This is important because when God's talking about to go into your room, the Jewish mind frame is not thinking about a room and a door, though we do, and other people do. What they're thinking about is a tallit. Come here, Paula. So this is a tallit. This is a Jewish prayer cloth. And there's a lot to this with all the laws of God and stuff. But a Jewish person would put on their tallit. And they would cover themselves, lock themselves. You look really pretty there. Yeah, That's right. They'd be pray. And what they do, they would cover themselves. And that would be a closet. They would close themselves in. And that's what it is. This actually means, the word to leave actually means, there's two words from the word, but it means little tent. And, and they are praying in their little tent, their little closet, and they're closing everybody else off, and they are praying to God. And if we could truly get this in our life for the time that we live, where we can close ourselves in with God. And to get into our little tents. Now you don't have to use a pressure, but this is what the Jewish mind frame is thinking about to close yourself in a door and close the door and stuff. Jesus was talking to other cultures, but for the Jewish mind frame, this is it. you still see people at the wall of Jerusalem with their pressure over their head. They are in their small tent, praying to God, closed in from the world. Maybe that not that much, but maybe like that. Closed in, from, <laughs> closed in from the world. <laughs> Watch this. <sighs> there she is. <laughs> this is what God's talking about. Go and pray. How many of you make time to close in prayer and don't get interrupted? I keep this in my office, right in my, my little chair that I have, and I'm reminded I'm reminded of the importance of getting in my tent, getting closing the door. I've always been big about closing the door and getting alone with God no matter where I can do it. When you spend time with God or you spend time with family, can I ask you a question? Are you there? I mean, sometimes you're at church. I mean, are you really here or you just can't wait till the blower stops so you can go home? You heard the story. You know, an older gentleman and an older woman together, married couple, coming into church, sitting down. And the woman said, "Honey, what'd you think of the message?" Well, I know the heat went off during the message, and the, and the blow. I kept on going. Sometimes people are in the church, but they're not necessarily here. Their hearts are not here. Why? Because there is a condition of the heart where God is not in the right place. And you're not using your time and doing what God has asked you at the right time, at the right moment, to do the right thing. And that is to learn all that God wants you to be. So you have to be there. There's a big argument today about quantity and quality. When it comes to relationships, you need both. Needs both. How about this? How about if I gave you a piece of steak? It was huge. A big deer steak, huh? How about a oh, yeah, oh, really? Oh, I just had a, we just had a big deer steak. Uh, big, okay, we got, you got a big, your favorite, whatever steak you like, okay? Filet mignon, okay? Eight ounces. All right, you get a nice piece of steak. Great, all you can eat. And you say, that that's, okay, that's great. But then I give you a piece. I give you a piece of meat. Oh, my word, you're like, unbelievably, this is the best piece of meat that I have ever had in my whole entire existence. However, there's only one bite, just one bite, and then it's gone. Could you imagine that one? One bite. Now, for you, it wouldn't last very long. (laughs) What would you have? Would you like to have quantity or quality? And something like you want both. If something's really good, you want quality and quantity. You want more of it. Well, you know what? God wants you to understand that in this relationship, God wants both. He wants your time with him to be quality, but also the quantity because that's when things grow. We want relationships. Well, relationships only grow when you're willing to give of yourself in the amount of your time. But while you're with the person, you can't be thinking about this and that because then you're not there. And if you're not there, the relationship will never prosper. So it's really important to recognize Psalms 39. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. I mean, think about it. But we we have God with us wanting to do a work through us in what they call the gift of time. David is in the midst of affliction, and he understands this, the shortness of life. But what does Scripture say? Scripture says Ephesians five fifteen to seventeen. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise. Someone say wise, wise. making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore. Do not be foolish, but understand, understand what the Lord's will is. That is for you and I to understand what the Lord's will is. It's a choice. How am I going to use my time? And am I going to invest my time first upward to God so that God can do a work in me so it can be seen through me? God commands us to be careful. Be careful. Be very careful how you live, but not as as one who is unwise. We are to live our lives being wise. But you can't be wise if you don't go to the one who is wise. You can't gain wisdom if you don't go to the one who is wisdom. Proverbs 3 says this, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. Watch this. Whenever you hear the word wisdom, it is always in the feminine in the original language. And so it continues to say, For she is For she is more profitable, talking about wisdom, more profitable than silver, and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies, nothing you desire will compare with her. I want you to get this that you have so much time on earth, and every maybe every week is a marble that's coming out of your life, or every grain of sand is is coming to a close. And you can see sands have are moving. So fast. That being said, I want you to understand: if you lack wisdom, James says you should ask God, and He'll give it generously, liberally to you, without finding fault. He will give to you. The Proverbs one seven says that the that the fear the beginning of fear, the beginning fears fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Go to God every day. Make time for God. The ancient Greeks had two types of times, two concepts of times the Greek had. One was chronos and the other one was kairos. Chronos is the word for we get chronological. It is a time that takes place chronologically in time. It's mentioned 53 times in the Bible. It's like Galatians 4.4. But when the fullness of time came, God sends forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, at a timetable. God knew exactly when Jesus Christ was going to come into the world, at that right time, Galatians 4.4. 4. Kairos is really different Kairos is when God does something at a particular time, and in that particular time, something needs to happen. You need to make a choice. You need to do something. Um, You need to speak up. Uh, There's some, that that kairos moment is that moment that you need to do something because you may never have that moment again. It's really kind of powerful. That's used 85 times in Scripture. One is like a ticking of the clock, bringing us to a moment, and the other is that sense of opportunity—something that God comes. It's the right time, the right moment. God shows up. It's like Galatians six: Let us become, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, at the proper time, the Bible says. That if we don't give up, we're going to reap a harvest. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those, to the family of believers. Let us not become weary in doing good. Because there is a proper time, that moment that God says, you know, if you don't give up, there's going to be a result that he's going to come and bless you. Kairos. I love to look at this in Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was a commander of the Italian regiment, and he was a godly man, and he gave to the poor, and he had a godly family. And one day he saw an angel. You know what the angel said to him? The angel said this Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up for a moral offering before God. do want you to get that. Your gifts and your offerings before, to the poor has come up for a memorial offering, meaning that everything that Cornelius has done, God was seeing, and one day God said, you know what, I want to do something for this this family. And an angel came, talked to Cornelius, and, and the angel said, go get Peter, and Peter went, and so forth and so on, and here you go. Great things take place. God is an incredible thing. Incredible, does incredible work. James. Why do you not even know that we, what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? Why are you in the midst of appearance for a little while and then vanishes? You know, you're just—we're just vapors, aren't we? We're here today and gone tomorrow. But we don't think that way. Sometimes we think that we have all the time in the world. But you only have one moment to make a moment. It's important. Let me land the plane by just challenging you challenging you in this aspect. When What makes life valuable? It's not the length of your years that makes life valuable. It's the way, it's what you do in your length of your years. It's not the years of your life that counts. It's the life in your years. I like what Tony Robbins says. He says this, it's not how long you live, but how How you live, that's important. Therefore, don't make your life just livable. Make it memorable. You know, stop living our lives for ourselves, but maybe live our life with a greater purpose, for the greater purpose of God and for others. That's what Jesus did. Martha Luther King said this, it doesn't matter how long you live, but how well you do it. There are some people who live very little, but did A lot and we know them through history today. I like this poem. I want you to listen to it. It has a lot of truth to it. When I was a child, I laughed, and I wept, and time crept. When I was a youth, I dreamed, and I talked, and time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. And later, as I got older and I grew, time flew. Soon I shall find while traveling on, time is gone. And that's exactly right because time is over. Every grain has now gone and it's time to give you the last scripture. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life You have made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. So therefore, let's value the time he gives us and make a difference for him because we only have one life to do so. And I don't know about you, but time is a gift. It's sacred gift come from God. So in that sacred gift, learn to laugh, learn to love, learn to forgive, learn to do all that God has told us to do so that we can enjoy every day and love others as Christ loved us. Can you stand to your feet? I don't know about you, but to me, time is a gift. Time is a precious gift. We only have so much of it, but the first thing that you must do in your time is, is Jesus your Savior? Is Jesus your Savior? Is Jesus your Lord? Have you made Jesus the Savior of your life? If you're here today, that's a good question to ask. If you're watching online, you only have so much time. Time comes from heaven. Time comes from the very throne of God. To you, it's a sacred gift, but have you made Jesus your Savior? He'll either be your savior or he will be your judge. I want him to be your savior because that's so important. And all you have to do is ask Jesus, come, in, come to your life, ask God to forgive you of your sins. We all have sinned. Can everyone say amen? amen? Yeah, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he has given forth his son, stretched out his arms and said, I love you this much. And so therefore he died on the cross for you. Rose on the third day, defeats sin, death, and the grave. That's what he's done, but he needs your heart to line up to his heart. Close your eyes with me for a second. How many of you would say, when you're thinking about time, the message this morning challenged you in the amount of your time? Raise your hand. The second thing I want to ask you is... It's not being stirred about a message about time and the time we have. It's what you're going to do differently. Ask the questions. What can you do different? What are you doing that's really not productive time? How much time are you spending with God? And how much time are you doing His ministry, His work for such a time as this? Those are the questions. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. And I pray right now, For hearts to first turn towards you as they make you their savior. Put time for you in their heart and their life. I pray right now, Lord, for those who recognize that time is a sacred gift, that they want to use it wisely and make sure that you are the author of their time, that you get their first fruits of their time. God, I just ask that you would help them to reflect on all that they've heard and even as they listen to the message again, to get it in their heart, to get into their soul. Father, time does not tell us what to do. We tell time what to do. You have given us a gift of time. Now help us to be wise and discerning as we seek your face and spend that time before you. Before we meet the face of man, may we meet the face of our Savior, our Lord God. And in that time, may it be a sacred time that you speak, you guide, you help, you lead. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give God some praise in the house of the Lord?